Like the famous contemporary of D.L. Moody, he was a Baptist minister. F.B. Meyer, a Baptist minister in England, he said this in his later years, I do hope my Heavenly Father will let the river of my life go on flowing fully until the finish. And then he added, I hope it doesn't end in a swamp. None of us want to end that way. Perhaps as you have prayed, maybe others as well, Lord, help us finish well. These later years not only have problems all their own, but they reveal problems that have perhaps been hidden for many years, which is why it's so important to lay a good foundation in your early years, in your youth, for those years that are yet to come. The psalmist evidently had a great foundation. You see it there in verse 5, Psalm 71, verse 5. Since my youth. He repeats the same phrase down in verse 17. Since the time of my youth. Verse 6, from my birth, from my mother's womb. So he has this sense that from early on I've had good training. I've had good instruction. I've got a good foundation. Now in this midlife crisis, the psalmist elegy or song of serious reflection is divided into three stanzas. And you can see it by the phrase, all the day. You see it at the end of verse 8 all the day. Down in the middle of verse 15, second stanza, all the day. Then down at the end of the last verse, all the day. Well, young or old, we must learn to live our life one day at a time. Warren Wearsby wrote, if we try to carry the mistakes of yesterday and the worries of tomorrow, we will not only lose both, we will turn today into a defeat. Do you know this from Corey Tinboom? You know this. You've heard it, part of it, I'm sure. Worry is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength. Carrying two days at once. It's moving into tomorrow ahead of time. Worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Moses wrote, as thy days, so shall thy strength be. Jesus said, take therefore no thought for the morrow. The morrow will take care of the things of itself. Psalm 90 teaches us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. And the wisdom of Psalm 71 is to know, stanza number one, that God will protect us. Stanza number two, that God is with us. And stanza number three, that God will use us to encourage others. Stanza 1, verse 1, God will protect us. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. 
Thou hast given commandment to save me, for Thou art my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. For Thou art my hope, O Lord. Thou art my trust from my youth. By Thee have I been holden up from the womb. Thou art He that took me out of my mother's womb, or bowels. My praise shall be continually of Thee. I am as a wonder to many, but Thou art my strong refuge. Let my mouth be filled with Thy praise and with Thy honor all the day. In this stanza we see God's continual protection for the troubles of life. Continually. And you'll hear that word throughout the song. Verse 3. Down in verse 6, continually praise. Down in verse 14, continually hope in the Lord. Now if you don't continue to seek the Lord day by day, sometimes hour by hour, you will spend your days rather bitter and you'll find plenty to complain about if you don't spend time continually with the Lord. I've said it before, I'll repeat it right here. The most attractive part that I find in our church is not how young we are, but it's how so many of our senior saints have aged gracefully. Many of our churches today are filled with folks and you get the sense that their only purpose of being in that church is that they have committed themselves to never allowing things to change. They're just grumpy old people. As we continually abide in Christ, trust in Him, rely on Him, we grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, 2 Peter 3. Now let's face it, as the years wear on, we wear out. And we grow a little more needy, we grow a little less independent, and that's exactly his concern there in verse 1. He repeats it down in verse 9. It's a time when his strength fails. This is the principle of what I've called diminishing returns. You've heard that phrase. He uses the word, verse 1, confusion, shame, disgrace. When the demands of life become greater than the supply. Some things cannot be avoided, but some of our fears may or may not ever happen. And so we worry about tomorrow. We worry if we'll be able to pay our bills. We worry if we're going to be able to live on our own. What if I fall? Will I be all alone? So the psalmist concludes, verse 1, please, don't let me outlive my usefulness. It's a good thought. My dear friend, God will protect us. Take each day as it comes, one day at a time, and you will finish well. Another protection he seems to be seeking for there in verse 2, repeats it down in verse 4. You see the word deliverance. Deliver me. Escape, strong, talks about a dwelling place, a rock, a fortress. The psalmist isn't looking for an escape to hide, 
but safety as he approaches his later years. Later years can be a cruel enemy for which the psalmist is unashamedly asking for deliverance. His prayer for deliverance from the wicked and cruel man. When you see that, you think, oh yeah, there's a lot of wicked and cruel men out there. Do you know what he's actually praying for? He's not praying about some enemy. Deliver me from the wicked and cruel man. Help me not to become a grumpy old codger. That's what he's asking for. But if I do, Lord, please help me to extend the same grace to others that I have extended myself. That's the virtue of the word righteousness that you see there. You'll see the word righteousness over and over again in this song. Just allow me, Lord, to extend righteousness, the right attitudes, the virtue of grace to others. And if I end up there, Lord, help others to extend that grace to me as well. So whether you're dealing with someone in their later years or when you approach those days and are yourself dependent upon others and God more than ever to know that God will never disappoint those who trust in Him, your rock, your fortress. Lord, protect me mentally, verse 1. Lord, protect me physically or uh, spiritually in my own spirit down through verse 4 and 5. And now, Lord, protect me even physically. Verse 5, the sense of durability, this perspective of from his birth, his, his whole life. If you hope and have a vibrant, you hope to have a vibrant faith later in life, you can't wait until then and think to yourself, well, when I'm old and retired and I don't have to get up and go to work every day, I'll have more time then to read my Bible. <laughs> I'll have more time then to go to church. I'll have more opportunity then to pray. No, you lay a foundation for those things now when you're young. How many of you know that, that the longer you walk with the Lord the sweeter he is, right? The greater your relationship, the more you've learned, your faith grows. But you've got to put in the steps, right, continually. I mean, church membership is no better than a gym membership. If you never go, and if when you go, you just sit around and never do anything, you've got to put in the time while you're able to build your faith now. According to James chapter 1, there's simply no other way to learn endurance apart from the trying or the exercise of your faith. According to Deuteronomy 5, the way you prolong your days is to walk in obedience to maybe its parents, maybe its teachers, other authorities of your life. According to Exodus 20, the same thing is given to us, honoring those who are older than you. Again, your parents, your authorities in life. That's the way you will assure a strong and long and healthy life. I will never forget as a young man, and I remember where I was, was I was stocking the orange juice in a grocery store down on my knees, and every Saturday morning, 
uh, Oliver B. Green, it was a Christian fellow that owned the store. And Oliver B. Green was on the radio that day, and I noticed his voice had gotten raspier and raspier and raspier. You know who I'm talking about, some of you. And that morning he said, the reason I'm dying of throat cancer, I believe, he said, with all my heart, is because of the disrespect I showed to my father's my father, early in life. It is, of course, never too late to serve God and sow seeds for a late harvest. But Isaiah 28 says, Great faith is laid how? Precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. That's over time. That's our word continually. And notice when he says, I have become a wonder to many. You see that phrase there, verse 7. I've become a wonder to many. It's not because you're so special or you're so amazing or that you're so odd, for that matter, that people say, well, I don't know about that guy. When he says, it's as if I am a wonder to many. It is simply the idea that I have become an example for many. The NIV uses the word portent. That's like an omen or a lasting impression that you leave. Isaiah 55 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Continually, before you find yourself suddenly fading mentally, spiritually, and even physically. God will protect us. And then when your strength does finally begin to fail, you can certainly know that God is with us. Second stanza, beginning with verse 9. Cast me not off in time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. For mine enemies speak against me. And they that lay wait for my soul take counsel together, saying, God has forsaken him. Persecute and take him, for there's none to deliver him. O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste for my help. Let them be confounded and consumed that are my adversaries to my soul. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor that seek my hurt. But I will hope continually, and I will yet praise thee more and more. My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day, for I know not the numbers thereof all the day. Stanza one, his continual protection in the troubles of life. Here stanza two, his continual presence in the triumphs of life. The first enemy over which he was seeking victory is one that you may identify with, or someday you likely will. It's the word loneliness. Verse 9, down through verse 12, you'll see it. Cast me not off, so don't leave me alone. Forsaken, forgotten, and far away. I honestly do not know how those without Christ can survive later years of life when friends 
and family move away, when others pass away, or are themselves relocated. Not many of us are going to have the good fortune of retiring to a Texas at age 50, or to a retirement home that has a, an energetic young activities director that's going to give us ways we can interact with one another and, and learn new things all the time. Most of us won't end up there. And may I just say, shame on us if we neglect our shut-ins. James said in James 1, that is the purest and most sincere expression of our religion. When we check on those who are shut in, widows, orphans. You don't have to be old to know that some of the most vulnerable times of life are when you feel all alone. When alone, we start to feel sorry for ourselves. When we are alone, we feel self-pity. And that becomes a terrible weapon in the hands of our enemy, the devil. It leaves us in doubt of almost everything else we've ever said we believe. Yes, God will be with us, but we also need one another to battle the loneliness of life. There's simply no substitute for the gathering of God's people, which after all is where God promises to dwell. Another enemy for which the psalmist seeks victory is something that you may know. It's impatience. Verse 12, notice he says, make haste. The NIV says, come quickly. The New Living Translation says, please hurry. Lord, help me and help me when? Now. You ever feel that way? And it seems the older we get, the more anxious about that we become. According to Titus 2, one of the problems with old age is impatience. I didn't say it. Paul said it to Titus. We either grow weary of waiting, anxious over time, or just frustrated how slow other people are to respond to my needs. I don't have all the time in the world, we might think. I used to think that young people were more impatient. I don't think that's true, not according to what Paul wrote, and I find it, it's probably not true. They're just in a hurry. <laughs> that's, all, that's the difference. They're not impatient so much as they're just in a hurry, and they're not always sure where they're headed. And so Paul told young men and women in the same context of telling old people to be patient, he tells young people to be, the term is sober-minded, just slow down, be calm, the Lord will work. Impatience is more when you begin to think what you deserve, what you feel like you are owed for your life of service, that this is your time and others ought to see to your needs. If you're not careful, you allow that attitude to bleed over into your relationship with the Lord. And when you begin to feel like you're not having things your way, then this third point sets in. 
It's the word discouragement. Verse 13, you'll see it there, the adversaries, the hurt, the pain, the suffering. He adds to that, though, but I will continually hope. Don't you just love that word? When you go back and read Psalm 71 yourself, notice the word continually. Verse 3, he will continually resort. Verse 6, continually praise. And here in verse 14, continually hope. Hope is closely associated with faith and trust in anticipation of a positive outcome. It is exactly opposite to another Hebrew word that means fear and dread. Just exactly opposite is our hope in the Lord. My Hebrew lexicon says it this way, Hope is not a pacifying wish of the imagination that drowns out our trouble, nor is it uncertain, but rather this hope is the solid foundation of expectation for the righteous. And so we sing, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. The thing that keeps us from discouragement in older age is the hope that we've developed in our younger days. When the psalmist says at the end of verse 15, when he says there in your casual reading of it, you might think when he says, I know not the number. And you might read that and say, well, I don't know how long I'm going to live. But he's not talking about how long I'm going to live. Do you know what he's saying? I don't know the number of the blessings of God. Read it there in verse 15. He's talking about the righteousness of God and the salvation of God. My dear friend, mark your blessings well, for they will keep you from discouragement in later years of life. Instead of finding more and more things to complain about, you might find that you're recalling more and more things of the blessings of God. And God will use those memories then to encourage other people. So God will use us, third stanza, to encourage others. Verse 16. I will go in the strength of the Lord. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only. O God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto I have declared thy wondrous works. Now also when I am old and gray-headed, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation, and thy power to everyone that is to come. Thy righteousness also, O God, is very high, who hast done great things. O God, who is like unto thee? Thou which hast showed me great and sore troubles shalt quicken me again and shalt bring me up again from the depths of the earth. Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. I will also praise thee with the psaltery, even the truth. O oh my God, unto thee will I sing with the harp, O thou holy one of Israel. My lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee, and my soul which thou hast Redeemed, my tongue also shall talk of thy righteousness all the day long, for they are confounded, for they are brought unto shame that seek my hurt. Stanza one, God will continually protect us 
in the troubles of life. Stanza number two, God's continual presence in the triumphs of life. And now stanza number three, God's continual praise in the testimony of my life. Now without this third stanza, we might become a little selfish, a little self-centered in our later years. Or maybe we just feel like we don't have anything else to offer. For example, look at verse 21 again. And without the context, think of how selfish this could become. If all you said that has increased my greatness and you've comforted me on every side. But what if in a terrible time of life, these things aren't true? What if others seem to have an advantage over what you wish you had? It would sound selfish if this blessing was only for himself. But according to the first recorded blessing in the Bible. By the way, that's an element of Bible study. When you go through your Bible and you, you say, well, I've never heard that before. Find out if it's never been said before. Because one of the things you notice is when the first mention of something is given in the Bible, it's significant. And the first recorded blessing in the Bible. Now, it's given to Abraham. It's given about things that aren't true of you. It's given that things that are specific to the nation of Israel. But when you read the blessing, something becomes specifically clear. And that is the primary purpose of God's blessing. Whether it's to Abraham, or to Bob, or to Joe, or to, to uh, Mitch, or Dave. God's blessings, the primary purpose of God's blessing is that you might be a blessing and an encouragement to someone else. And the emphasis in this stanza is how our personal experience might be a help, verse 18, to the next generation, to people that are coming along behind me, to people that are looking at me and saying, your life is a wonder to many. You're an example to many. Make known His praise, first of all, just in your daily walk. Your daily walk. These are your actions. Verse 16 begins, I will go in the strength of the Lord. If you haven't figured it out yet, you will soon enough know that you have no strength apart from your walk with the Lord. For example, Philippians 4, you all know this verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? But that's verse 13. Verse 12, he says, I have learned in every state to be content. So my strength is not to do whatever I please. My strength is in weakness. My strength is in good days and bad. My strength is in youth and age. My strength that the Lord gives me is in every circumstance. I have learned in those things to be content. In Titus 2, Paul encourages the old believer to live in such a way that they might instruct younger believers. And your example has to carry over. The things you do has to carry over into the things you say, your words. What words do young people hear you say? 
Are you only ever complaining? And we all have people younger than us in our life. Do they only ever hear you complain? Or do they hear you praise? Do they hear you talk about the Lord in such wonderful ways? What the Lord means to you? The encouragement He's been in your life. That's what they need to hear. So verse 16, he says, I will mention thy righteousness. Verse 19, thy righteousness. Verse 24, thy righteousness. Your words can be the righteous influence. The righteous encouragement to a young mother who wonders if she's doing the right thing for her children. To the young father who's trying his best to serve his family and provide for his family. Your words can be an encouragement. Maybe a young worker to know there are no shortcuts in life and it's going to be difficult some days and you'd rather quit. Or maybe encouragement to a young couple to encourage them in their life before they walk away from their vows. And your example is not only ever, like, look at me how great I did. Sometimes it's, look at me how I failed. Please don't end up there. Don't do like I've done. And you encourage them in the right things. That's righteousness. I remember when I was... uh, a young youth pastor. I, I can never, I'll never forget the parents as I'm trying as a young youth pastor to be a good example. And I'm trying to teach these parents how to raise their children. Right? I mean, I'm a pretty smart guy. I've got the Bible on my side. What do you think the parents said to me? Wait until you have a teenager of your own right and so our daily witness then as we live before others the way we go through life verse 17 says what you have taught me I will declare to others the lessons you have learned For no other reason than to just live long enough to tell others about Jesus. I like what Eleanor Roosevelt, I don't think it was original with her, but she reminds us of this phrase. Learn from the mistakes of others. You cannot live long enough to make them all yourself. What will your witness, what will your encouragement be to others? Listen again to the flow of verse 20 and a couple of verses following. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. You have allowed me to suffer much hardship, but you will restore me to life again. Lift me up from the depths of the earth. You will restore me to even greater honor and comfort me once again, and then I will praise you. Age is no exemption from trouble. And all God's people said, (laughs) you know that. 
But your testimony in later life is of greater significance than when you were young. The one desire of the psalmist, there in verse 18, is that he might live long enough to tell young people the difference Jesus has made in my life. I promise you, my conversation about raising kids is different than it was 30 years ago when I was a youth pastor. Life does that to us, doesn't it? Keep learning. Keep striving. Always believing that as long as you have life, your experience is exactly the thing, the example, the conversation that somebody else needs to see and hear from you what you've done in relationship to the Lord. So Psalm 90... Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto this wisdom, lest we end up like the old Pennsylvania Dutch saying, too soon old, too late smart. Some of you know it, right? Too soon old, too late smart. Will you commit yourself with me to finish well? And not quit, not quit, until, as it says in verse 18, you have showed the Lord's strength unto this generation and His power to everyone that is.